Welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here. A little update on me and in our house. We are all feeling sick. Everybody got the Rona. And um, yeah, so we have not been feeling so great over the past week. We've been in quarantine. I know I may sound fine, but I really feel like just tired. Uh, But I wanted to make sure that we're still out here getting you these episodes. They're really important. Uh, And obviously, uh, they're important to you guys too. So show some some love this week and uh, share this episode. Send me a review if you haven't already done so. That would be just really nice and uplifting. Love you guys. Okay, so this week we're talking about a topic that I've been wanting to do from like day one. Seriously, it is one of the first things I wanted to talk about. But because it's a little bit controversial, I've been waiting. So this episode is going to be based on the book Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egridge. So I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it is pretty popular. It's one of those things that they will give you in churches and you'll see all kinds of people talk about. It's definitely one of those bestsellers. Um, And the book is based on the premise of the scripture that says wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives as jesus loved the church don't we wish our husbands loved us that much i mean seriously right but anyway the this then becomes a little controversial because women hate i mean i don't want to say they hate but Yeah, they don't love the idea of having to submit to their husband. A lot of them say things like, have you even met my husband? It's something that can be difficult for a strong-willed women. So here we are this week. We're going to jump into love and respect from the perspective of a strong-willed woman. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reunite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Grace Field Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Grace Field Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. So there I sat in the pews of an Orthodox Catholic church watching my friend's wedding. It had been a long time since I sat in one of these. Growing up, I would go to our local Roman Catholic church every week, sign the attendance sheet, sit in the back. It would even be given to our nuns at school, right? And as a kid, I always marveled at the ornateness of the building. But I was able to focus more 
as I had gotten older. So on this day, honestly, I was feeling a little bit distracted by the beauty of everything in the church and the ceremony. It was very different from the dark space and flashing lights and concert-like atmosphere I'd grown accustomed to in our contemporary Christian experience. So as the priest spoke, he came to a passage that I knew was going to ruffle some feathers. And further, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husband as unto the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Oh my goodness, quite honestly, I don't even remember if he got to the end of the passage. The air grew really thick around me and I can hear the anger and kind of like seething from a few girlfriends around me. And I'm like, don't really this passage? I'm going to be explaining this passage all night. You know, the rest of it that says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Jesus loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Or where it was, it says in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Come on, you're killing me here. My friend's ears were lost at that point. The ceremony ended and we all went on to a beautiful celebration after. As I was sure it would, the passage came up later at the dinner table. Conversation went something like this. The whole ceremony was perfect until that point. Why did he even have to say that? And I'm over here like, well, actually, the rest of it says it's really quite beautiful, you know? Yeah, well, I didn't hear that. And why did he have to keep repeating it? Uh, I don't know. I hung my head a little because I had trouble defending the church against her anger, especially when it was presented in that way, way out of context. They really didn't go into the rest of the passage. They didn't go into the point where it says husbands should love their wives. Now, this is truly a passage I had struggled with for a long time. I mean, I thought, like, how could my husband be the head of the household if he didn't even love Jesus or me, at least at the time, right? How was I supposed to submit to him when I know he was wrong? God, this doesn't make any sense to me. You need to help me out here. For me, the answer came through my mom. Now, if you don't know her, she is or used to be. She pretty much is a like tough as nails, take no BS kind of woman, right? Like most Latina moms, she does not play. Even a hint of disrespect would lead to a cocotazo. And for those of you non-Spanish speakers, that is essentially a spanking. Mom, submit, no way. She runs the house. You better not get in the way of what she wants. And you certainly better not eat the last of her foodie pebbles. That's an inside joke. Her wrath will have everyone hiding in their room. But there she was, my tough-as-nails mama, now sweet, calm, completely transformed, and telling me what the passage meant. She went on to explain the rest of the verses to point out the part about Jesus loving the church so much he died for it. She reminded me that if my husband loves me on that same level, I would be falling over myself to make him happy. When she said it, I remember how my husband jokes that my son has me wrapped around his finger. Of course, because the way he makes me feel loved, right? And often think that, "Mm, well, you would have me wrapped around your finger too if you did the same thing. In that moment, it all made sense. God has designed 
He's designed it like a circle, complete and never-ending, cause and effect. We just often forget the part where men are commanded to love their wives. Later in that passage, it sums up the verse in one sentence by saying, So again, I say each man must love his wife as he himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, I get it. All the feminists in the house have already tuned me out completely rejecting the idea of respect and submission due to the bad connotation the word has already the word has and the very long history of women being treated poorly in fact they say i don't have to do anything he needs to earn my respect but we're not talking about respect and submission to all men you didn't marry all men you married one, and I assume if you're here with me, it's the one whom to whom you'd like to stay married. And here it is for my weekly disclaimer, my very important disclaimer that says this does not mean that you should tolerate abuse. We are not talking about being doormats, ladies. I say this every single week, but just in case you're new here and you haven't heard me say it before, disclaimer. We're not tolerating abuse, that we're not doing. We have boundaries. I've talked about setting boundaries. I've talked about, you know, identifying abusive behavior. Are you married to a narcissist? Go check that one out if you haven't listened to it already. Not about abuse. If he is physically, verbally, or mentally abusive, if he tries to control you and your money, you should reach out to somebody, a family, a friend, the church, get help, stay safe. But I'm here to talk to the women who are married to good men and want to stay married. A good husband shouldn't have to demand respect or manipulate scripture to get it because, you know, there's going to be some narcissistic men out there or some maybe abusive men out there who will use this scripture as their justification. Just like... uh, Slave owners used scripture as justification for continuing to be slave owners. So think about that. There are some men who will use that, but a good man doesn't need to do that. If you're even a little bit intrigued by this idea, but we're always bothered by the respect part, let your guard down a bit here and and follow with me. Since we're both human, inevitably, we will both fail at our part from time to time. Some of us will fail more often than others. Usually when one person fails, the other person gets upset and it starts a downward spiral. This downward spiral is what Dr. Egrich refers to when he talks about the crazy cycle. He talks about that cycle. You know what I'm talking about. When uh, you do something to piss off your husband, and he does something to piss you off and then you do something in return and then he does something in return and on and on it goes or vice versa he started it and he does something he's rude inconsiderate blah 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 and here we go in the crazy cycle so i think we can all agree that the crazy cycle exists. I don't know if there's anybody who would potentially disagree with that. That I think that's it's pretty fair to say, you know, what uh, uh, Dr. Emmerich calls the crazy cycle definitely does exist. 
What he then goes to talk about is that because the uh, commands of um, submit to your husbands, he actually puts it in a way of saying it's more meaning meaning respect. And so what he says is there's another verse that says wives respect your husband. And so he talks about how the difference between men and women are that men, they need respect and women need love. And because of this, this is why the Bible commands for our, you know, for us women to respect our husbands and for husbands to then love their wives and vice versa. And what he says is that if we are doing this constantly, even if the other person doesn't deserve it, then that's going to be what stops the cycle, the crazy cycle, and can then potentially lead us on another cycle called the energizing cycle. But I I think the problem that most people have is with the verbiage, just the forget, submit. I mean, a lot of people have a problem with that word, but even the respect verbiage. What do you guys think about that in terms of the verbiage of the word respect? And don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to change the Bible in any way. I'm not trying to say that we should follow a different word. What I'm trying to do is to get us maybe to think past the semantics or the connotation that we might feel over one word and understand really what what the meaning is. So let's break this down. Think about what happens when your husband starts the cycle. He shows you he loves you the way Jesus loves the church. When your love tank is so full and overflowing, right? We've talked about the love tank before. What happens? Don't you naturally want to give him all the things because you feel adored and safe and secure and you naturally have no problem with the submit part or certainly the respect part? All of a sudden, you go out of your way to make him happy. And let's break this down a little simpler. The word love is so broad, right? Sometimes it's hard to understand exactly the context the Bible was referring to when it says men love your wives. So a good one I hear, my friend and pastor put this idea together so beautifully, I wanted to share it. She says that women need or want to be cherished. And the actual definition of the word cherish means to protect and care for lovingly. He cared for me beyond measure and cherished me in his heart. Some other synonyms would be to adore, hold dear, love, care very much for, feel great affection for, dote on, be devoted to. So cherish could be a word that we use that that might maybe is a little bit um, clearer in our mind when we think about love, that if our husband would cherish us, you know, love us in a way that we feel cherished. Now, the opposite of that is going to be neglect. And I don't have to tell you what happens when we feel neglected by our husbands. It's quite the opposite of respect and submission for sure. So clearly our whole definition of the word cherish more wholly explains the way we want to be treated. It's not our fault. God designed us this way. There isn't one woman I know who doesn't want to be treated in this way. She who doesn't want to be cherished. In fact, many men I know would also like to be cherished. But you know what describes how men want to be treated even more? Men want 
to be championed. Yes, that's right. So my friend says that while women want to be cherished, yes, that's true. I'm going to say it louder in the back for the men to hear who might be listening. Women want to be cherished. Men want to be championed. As a noun, the word champion means a person who has defeated or surpassed all rivals in a competition, especially in sports, like a champion hurdler. Some synonyms include a winner, title holder, prize winner, victor. This speaks to the competitive nature inherent in most men. Not all men. Don't get on me, all you people who are being like, well, well, she, there she goes with like gender norms. Yes, there are some gender norms out there. Biologically, we are different. So yes, even while some men have a competitive nature, in life, they're not always going to win. In fact, they're going to fail. And sometimes they're going to fail a lot. And if they can somehow feel that even though they might have failed on the outside, they come home to a wife who still treats them like a winner, who still treats them like he's number one, that can go a long way. So as a verb, the word champion means a person who fights for and argues for a cause on behalf of someone else, a champion of women's rights or supports the cause. Some synonyms include an advocate, proponent, promoter, proposer, supporter, standard bearer, torch bearer, defender, protector. And so while maybe men don't wouldn't say that they want to be protected or upheld by their wives, I'm sure that most men would want to feel championed by their wives. They want to feel like we're on the same page. They want to feel like they have a, a partner, a supporter. The Bible talks about us being a helpmeet. And that's really the word champion. That's really what it is referring to. Because there's plenty of times out there where my husband might do things. And I disagree. And I'm just like, no, he didn't. Oh, oh my goodness. And I want to like shout at the top of my lungs and tell him, no, don't do that. And sometimes I might. And other times it makes a big difference for me to just hold my tongue. Makes a big difference for me to not say anything. At least so that he feels he doesn't have someone fighting against him at home. And so the point of all this is to let us know, right? Is that this is this is how we were created, right? Men and women, how we were created differently. This is God's design, not mine. So don't get mad at me. This is what it says in the Bible. Don't get mad at me. God does command it, doesn't suggest it, commands it. Don't get mad at me. But if you really think about it, right? If you really think about it to like the very, the crux really of, of what these words mean, it is so true. But the hard part comes when we think about the idea that this is a command and not a request. So the hard part really then becomes, well, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve my respect. He has to earn it. He has to love me first. Come on. I know you're thinking it because I think it all the time, right? But because the Bible makes this a command, versus a request it has us do it even though it has us champion 
even if, even if he isn't cherishing us that day or that week or that month or girl sometimes that year. Why? And this is because of the cycle that we talked about, right? Because if we don't, if we wait till he does something to earn our respect, well then we might never do a kind thing ever again. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who are like, yep, nope, unless he earns it, I'm not giving it. But how is that working out for you? I'm going to just say it. How's that working out for you? That that attitude or that uh, that feeling? How does How is that working out in your marriage? Let me know. Because if you're listening to this show and you're wondering why you're having issues in your marriage and you're at the same time saying, well, nope, he's got to earn it. He's got to do this before I will give him any any sort of respect. I wonder, there has to be somebody, there has to be somebody who is the bigger person who apologizes first, who does the kind thing first. And so as followers and lovers of Jesus, now again, I'm not telling you that you need to be a doormat. We talked about boundaries. There's got to be times where we can say, no, I'm going to do the kind thing first. And yep, he may not deserve my kindness right now. He may not deserve my respect right now, but I'm going to give it anyway. So hopefully those ideas of cherish and champion help you to understand a little better. Maybe it takes the edge off. And that's why I tried to use different words. So don't yell at me and be like, mm, here she is trying to change the Bible. I am not trying to give you an alternate like verse or scripture or anything like that. Relax, relax. Don't come for me. It's really for uh, those of you who have a really hard time with the verbiage of respect or submission. So if you if you think about that in terms of champion, so if you have a really hard time respecting and submitting, maybe you're a rebel and you just just don't want to do it because somebody told you to do it, fine, that's on you. Can you consider trying to be a champion for your husband? Can you consider trying to help him to feel like you're on his side and you're on his team? And maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe what he's doing is wrong. But is there a place where you can find some common ground and some commonality? And so we talk about in, in uh, dispute negotiations that unless there's some leverage, right? Unless you want to actually be there, unless one or both parties actually want to continue in the relationship, there's no leverage. So we're assuming that you want to be there. And we're assuming that there is something left to hold on to. So if there is, can you find it in your heart to champion your husband this week and then let me know let me know if you do that why don't you make it a challenge let's make it a challenge yes I love this come on guys for the next week let's try to champion our husbands once a day for the next five days and then reach out to me over on Instagram or Facebook whatever it is and let me know how did that work out for you did it make a difference and did you start to see him love you more or love you better as a result. Can't wait to hear how it goes for you. Wait, 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 before you go, I wanted to 
remind you guys. So the Grace Fueled Marriage Method is almost here. So excited. Oh my goodness. It has been a little bit of a tough uh, week, but actually it's one of the benefits of being stuck in the house in quarantine uh, because I've been able to finish it. So it will be here shortly. And if you want in, if you want your um, special discount that you will get, if you get on the waiting list for the Grace Fueled Marriage Method. I am going to actually do a whole episode on it and on what it's going to be. Jump in there. Grace Fueled Marriage Method, one word. That's gracefueledmarriagemethod.gr8.com. That will take you right to the waiting list for all of those who have already joined. Thank you. You'll be getting something special in your emails. And until then, can't wait to meet with you guys next week. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.